Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, that's it. Uh, the hour's started. Bang Today's on the hour. hour's started. Welcome to the Mouth of Manliness with me, Nick Noyes, and you... Brad. We still haven't come up with my oh, rock star yeah. name yet. I thought Just it was Brad. Bad Brad. Bad Brad. It doesn't sound right. It sounds like I've done some atrocities. It does sound a bit noncy. It does a bit. Does we'll a think of something. Bit. We'll come up with something. But yeah, we will come up with something. Nick Noyes, Brad Actor, Mouth of Manliness. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, we're here. Um, so w- this is actually our second one. Uh, our first one we recorded what uh, a month ago, I reckon. No way. It's just under, uh, yeah, just under a month ago. That's gone mental quick. Yeah, it has. So the last one we recorded was an hour, like today. We do an hour, and then when the hour's up, it's finished. No matter where we are, if we're in the middle, if I'm in the middle of uh, you know a sentence, it stops. You were literally in the middle of telling us about your wife's cancer. And, oh, was it? Yeah, and it we, it literally went ding, 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 and I felt so bad. It was horrible. Oh, no, no, well, I was, uh, but like, why have we got this rule? And I felt like Samuel, well, it was your idea, but I insist on the rule because I think what it does, it means it, it's like. You know, it, well, the the concept was, which I think, it, like you said it, uh, I, I think like I had an idea, and then you said about it being like an hours on the uh, uh, um, with a therapist, yeah. And I thought, fucking, that's spot on, yeah. I love because it because we're like, this is all about men being able to talk openly about their feelings. Yes, and it that, is. That's kind of what the crusade is, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we're on the couch. We are on the chaise lounge for an hour. It's difficult because you have got a chaise... I can't even... I've got a speech. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're actually... um, Well, let me... I'll come back to that. Let me just say what I was going to say. It was... uh, We did one episode where we talked about uh, what the fuck we were going to be talking about. Yeah. that came out really well. We did some music for it. Brad went away and made it all good. 
And then uh, we sent it to ACAST, and ACAST has then signed us, yeah. which is fucking phenomenal. Because Unreal, we real man. We haven't really done anything no. yet. <laughs> but like, I think this is down to Brad's contacts, and we've got a few good friends in the podcast world. Who- I do need to say thank you to John Harris for helping us out there. He's been amazing in listening to our ideas, and he's behind us, and I think he uh, he seems to like what he heard, so that's um, good news. That's a ma- massive result, and it just kind of is like, oh, credibility and it's just really nice that someone else has gone oh I dig it like I like the idea 100% and we've been sitting on it for a while and it's really cool that the first <laughs> the first time we give it to anyone we yeah. get a result yeah so it's amazing and there was really no bases no conversation we didn't even know what we were talking about there was a really odd 20 minutes before we started and we were like uh, uh, should we talk about this that or anything else and literally after about 10 minutes couldn't shut us up the idea being that you just get on with it. Yeah. I think like sometimes, uh, I hate that about, you know, like blokes just get on with it. But I I, my, I kind of feel like for me, uh, being creative is about doing. Um, yeah. Picasso once said that inspiration exists, but it has to find you working. Wow. Which I, like I love that. that. And yeah. I heard that via Johnny Marr. Right. And, um, and I just thought that's so spot on. So like, yeah, you have to be doing the work to get something. Yeah, I think the thing is as well, like, I've done bits and bobs over the past and everything else, but you literally were like, got this idea, should we do it? And I was like, yeah, right, yeah, I've got the kit, we'll do it. That first step of getting the day in, getting the kit in and giving it a go, and it's just felt so normal and so right since then, and it's so exciting to be part of it all, because it's just, it's going swimmingly, like, quite nicely, yeah, really, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, I've been buzzing. Uh, as much as like, I've been miserable at points, I've been buzzing about the whole idea. Oh, period. don't get me wrong. I've had the worst two yeah, fucking weeks I've had for, back, uh, like, for weeks. It's right been now. crazy. It's been yeah, really, really mad. I mean, to summarise it, uh, my neighbour died, my guinea pig died, a uh, guy at work had a heart attack. In front of you? No, ah. I wasn't there. But that has happened to me before. I would like to see. I, I, I like the idea of it, the extremes of life. <laughs> yeah. I kind of would like to see something like that in a twisted way. Oh, yeah, I have. To, I, yeah, I was kind of lucky or unlucky enough to see it. I was on one job and a guy literally dropped down in front of me and the site supervisor and we brought him back round, you know, um, resuscitation and everything else and brought him back, which is quite mad. But, um, yeah, that was that was a heavy week. And the f- odd thing, I was just waiting for, like, to get some paperwork signed. This guy literally just, you know, dropped down clutching his chest. But well, that was a that was a while back. Um, yeah, this week seemed to be going in uh, in similar sort of vein. And then obviously we've had recently uh, Keith Flint prodigy suicide. Yeah, I mean, for my uh, look, just to kind of make sure, if you you know to those wonderful listeners out there, I mean, this is going to be what it. Me and Brad are going to talk about uh, our feelings and the things that we've been through, and we are going to share everything with you. Because that's what we're trying to encourage other people to do. So if you've had a difficult time, we're going to talk about it. Mm. And it's funny, like I say, it's funny, you brought out a Keith Lynn and um, every time someone like tops themselves, it impacts me really quite yeah, me heavily. Too. That really got me waking up and seeing that. It's like I, I was, you know. Did I wake got, up? Was it during the day? I can't remember. But yeah. I've got a Prodigy album. I'm not, I've seen them. They're fucking amazing. Yeah. Don't love them though. No. And I'm not mass, you know, I was never a big fan of Keith or anything. Mm. But it's like someone from our generation 
uh, when they when someone prominent kills themselves, yeah, it hurts me, yeah, like, because I'm battling that myself all the time, yeah. So it, 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 I, I can it, clarify it, that because it, did you hear about the guy um, Mike from Love Island? It's yeah. known as Muggy Mike, but I'm trying to sort of not instantly say Muggy Mike because it doesn't really sort of feel right. But yeah, his nan was ill or died, I think, recently and just took himself out to the forest and killed himself. That's the second person from Love Island that, that has done that. And I think oh, like, I didn't know that. yeah, yeah, there was a girl uh, not that long ago. Again, don't expect any researched facts because I'm dreadful at it. But um, yeah, it's kind of like it, it's affecting everyone. It's affecting all walks of life. And, you know, I challenge anyone, you know, that Mike, I actually quite liked him and Kate had watched Love Island and, uh, yeah, he got labelled that purely because he did something that was kind of in keeping with Love Island and what they were doing on it. He just made a bit of a muggy move and said uh, he wanted to go out with somebody who was already going out with someone. Isn't that what they all do? That is what the thing is about and it's just such a shame he's got that, like, like Nasty Nick from yeah, yeah, Big yeah. Brother. He's probably all right, you know what I mean? Um but yeah, to kind of that was almost more of a surprise because I'm not saying I expected Keith Flint to do what he did. He was, you know, one of the last people I expected to kind of do that. But then to see this young guy who's really, really good looking, and you know, everyone would probably in that sort of those sort of circles regard as probably doing all right or probably yeah. not. Never really know. It's never as good as we really think it is. Fame and fortune, you know, is. It's no answer to anything for anyone who's trying to pursue it. But, yeah, I think that was just as much of a shock for me. It's like, man, it's crazy. And I've researched, last week I kind of, um, I, was gonna, I said I'd look at the thing. It's, it's more than 12 men a day killing themselves. What, in England? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And it's going up. Yeah. I'd have to say, um, yeah, I'm not massively surprised. When... Um, when Keith Flint killed himself, uh, there was that. I, li- I really like the fact I think Liam put on that he had killed himself pretty much straight away. Yeah, he yeah. was really out front about it. And yeah. I'm like fucking right, right too. Yeah, and it, but the rest of the press are like under suspicious circumstances. Now. Yeah. I'm like, fuck off! If he's killed himself, he's killed himself. Yeah. let's talk about it. Yeah, let's let's you know that, that that's the problem. That there is, lies the problem. Exactly, people that. don't talk about it. Yeah, it's and kind he of probably did, if he had someone to talk to. There was a bit when uh, I saw uh, um, on Facebook or something, Ed, uh, someone asked John Lydon, Johnny Rotten, uh, what he thought. And Johnny Rotten was visibly upset about it. He yeah. was really, really upset. And mm. he was like, yes, of course there was drugs. But like that's not what it's about. No. You know, he was alone. And like I've got a family, I've got friends, I've got kids, but I still feel intensely alone. Oh. You know, like 90% of the time. Yeah. So I, I, tell, I, I can completely identify with it. You could be in a room full of people and still feel just completely isolated and alone. Yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of in my head. Mm, yeah, so, totally. And and you're not being present. And you know, like lots of therapy, I kind of learned that I need to be more present. Yeah, but um, Mindf- mindfulness is huge. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I, I was after. I've just had the. This operation on my arsehole. Oh, I meant to ask you, how's your anus? Yeah. Well, uh, for years I've been having like 
like intense pain in my arsehole. It's really, really, it, it, it's hard to describe how painful it is. I've had points when I've been afraid to eat because I didn't want to shit. Wow. Uh, like even now, like I've stopped eating lunch. Like I, I eat, started eating a lot less. People have been thinking I've mm. lost weight and I have. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm not too worried about it. No. But uh, no, no, I, I've had loads of grief of it. And I think it started about 20 years ago. Like, uh, and I've just, it's just what, gradually got thing? worse. Really? Wow. So, yeah, about 20 years ago, um, I just had blood coming out of my ass. Like, wow. Oh, loads and loads of it. But then that has pretty much stayed the way. And I've been to the doctors and had like stuff for hemorrhoids and all that. Yeah. Anyway, finally, after loads and loads of different creams, lots of different stuff, I had to go to hospital uh, for an operation. And that was, uh, what, a couple of weeks, well, a week ago. And, um, like now I feel really hard because they were meant to knock me out. They couldn't because I read the instructions wrong and I was drinking water. Oh. Uh, so they... Um, what, you weren't supposed to drink water? No. You're not meant to drink or eat anything up to two hours. Oh, but anything. Eat, eat actually is like, you know, 24 hours. Uh, I did eat. I thought, fuck it. And um, anyway, <laughs> uh, I drank water um, and I've got... A pretty cavalier attitude to shit like that because because I don't care about myself yeah. <laughs> essentially yeah and um anyway uh they said did you drink and all that like, I had a little bit and they went right well we can't give you uh we can't knock you out for this and I'm like oh fucking bollocks uh and then they went oh, are you feeling brave and at that point I was feeling brave because I I didn't want to I'd been there for like four hours been there since half six I, I did Jeez. not want to leave no. I wanted to get it dealt with yeah and essentially, I went into this operating theatre, got my legs pushed up over my head. Sexy. Uh, there's like four burly blokes <laughs> standing there, two of them holding my arse apart, <laughs> whilst another bloke injected me four or five times in the arsehole. It was four times. I know exactly how many it was. Wow. Right in my, right in, in like, in and to the side. What, needle in the actual hole, not in, like, the bum cheek? That Right, so where your arsehole is really that tight bit in the middle. Yeah. It's, like, in the sides of that. Oh, my God. And it really, really hurt. It really hurt. Jeez. Uh, but then afterwards, I'm like, I'm the fuck. I'm the hardest fucker going. And I felt really tough. What was the actual, Was that? Is that the actual thing, or did they have to, like, do anything else? No, that was it. That oh, was all right it was. Then. It was just uh, they inject Botox into my arse. And what wow. it means is that I've got a cut up there that doesn't heal because of where it is. Right. So they inject Botox, and that uh, stops you having spasms. Apparently, I have spasms all the time in that arse. Right. Um, and it, uh, it just kind of relaxes it enough to heal. Um. It's incredible what they do. Isn't I know, it? it's crazy. Mental. Who's worked that out? I know, I know. Who's like the like come home and their missus is using it on their face, and it's like oh, I know what I can do with that. Well, I suppose I suppose it's the same as you, you use on the face. You know, like it kind of um, tightens everything up. When you have it in your face, it, you know, like people like they lose the ability to kind of uh, like show expression in that. So it's just like that. You've got an unemotional anus. Yeah, now. <laughs> my ass can't even wink. Yeah, just all serious. Uh, serious. You've got an emo arsehole. Yeah, let's <laughs> go the rest of me. <laughs> That's quality, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, so yeah, I had a week off of work at home, and uh, uh, I was just been doped up on tramadol and any painkillers I could get my hands on. Um, but the problem is, that I've been doing that for about a year, mate, nearly two years, 
just taking any painkillers, any kind of painkillers. So basically, anything like opiate-based painkillers. You know, like um, uh, uh, codeine, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, is that when you, if you take loads of that, your body gets used to it, and then you you have withdrawal. Don't feel the benefit, I suppose, when you so actually I, need it. Yeah. So I kind of had that. Then at the weekend, I stopped taking them, and I've been going through like withdrawal. Which is kind of weird. I've wow. never really had withdrawals before. I no. thought I would when I stopped drinking every day, but I didn't. It's mad, the human body, how it reacts to stuff and changes. Opiates are pretty heavy shit, though. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I had a problem with heroin like when I was younger, smoking. Um, feel lucky enough to not have got sort of any further with it. But, yeah, I remember like the shivers and the coldness. Yeah, and, I've had like, that. Yeah, your blood just... You know, feel like it's just not in you, and then it is crazy. Yeah, I'd just be like really, really sweating out, and yeah. then getting shivers. Yeah, uh, and um, I've been a bit disorientated. Uh, but it's not, it, to be honest, it's weird because I'm such because I'm such a depressive shit like that. Don't really bother me. Nah, like I'm like yeah, right. I, I don't. I just generally don't care about my body, I so suppose, I don't think I want like damage really, am I doing. Is this, if it's like a, a huge extreme, like a really big high or low kind of thing, do you find yourself chasing that a lot more? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was chasing it with them because I was taking far too many painkillers, mm. but they were giving me a buzz. Mm. But they stopped giving me a buzz, um, and the tramadol made me feel really shit after a while. But I got hold of some uh, valleys, <laughs> some <laughs> jazzy pan. Wow! And, uh, but I tell you what, I don't think they, like I didn't even really feel them. Nah. But I'm, I don't know. I'm a bit of a monster. Like that. Wow. I, I am. I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not doing anything. I'm bored. Ah, fucking, let's have it. Yeah. Um, and then I just sit there and roll my eyes roll around in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not even that. But anyway, so it's funny. Uh, anyway, if anyone wants to know, I'm all right now. Yeah. And, if, and, and if anyone else has gone through, has had a fucking anal fissure, because I haven't encountered anyone and else. What is it has called? An anal fissure. Anal fissure? Yeah, it's an awful, awful <laughs> term. Oh, mate, they could have come up with something else. No, I know. I had an acute anal fissure. And like, when when he was when he had his head down there, and I got my cock and bollocks out, like, all these burly <laughs> blokes around me, and I'm feeling really... That was the worst bit of it. I was like, I just couldn't help but laugh to myself. Yeah. I'm like in pain, but I'm like, I felt so demeaned. Because anyone else would have been knocked out and not known anything no. about it. yeah. And I'm like... And I, I spent, I went to hospital a lot when I was a kid, so right. I was always knocked out. So I'd never actually seen the inside of a theatre. That was wow. the first time. That's it crazy. was interesting. But it must have been odd for the guys doing it, thinking, well, normally they're asleep. Oh, no, they just seem bored. Oh, did they? Yeah, everyone just seemed bored. Uh, like, come on in, let's get it moving. You must have been I like... probably saved them a lot of grief, to be honest. Yeah. And then, like, pretty much when I walked out, I walked in and walked out of there, and then, then they went, right, you can go. And I'm like, hold on. I want some decent painkillers. Yeah. I don't want, don't give me fucking ibuprofen and paracetamol. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, anyone, if you've had an anal fissure and you <laughs> want to talk in. about it, uh, hit us up on any of the, um, the, the normal, uh, things. We've got, uh, we've got the, the Instagrams. At and, Mouth of Manliness. Yeah, in the Mouth of Manliness, uh, on Twitter. There's one on Facebook. Twitter, I need to explain, has, not got two S's in manliness because the white boys at Twitter wouldn't let us have that many characters in our name. So I'm thinking about putting Is like, that right? yeah, I was thinking about putting like an exclamation mark or a one, but then I thought well, at least like oh. I, 
Oh, no, yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, 1S. I think it's all what right. What did you call them? The what boys? White boys. The white boys. I've never yeah. heard that before. You know, they're what? just all stuffy and like probably uh, only let you have a few characters, let alone like however long you have in your thing. Um, so, yeah, there's an S missing. So don't be all like, oh, I'm just writing in to tell you. Like, we already know. Um, but, uh, you know, as I say, we're all up for talking about things. Yeah, 100%. And, and I, I've just found that uh, I, my way of dealing with this was talking about it and like laughing about it yeah. and like telling people about it. Yeah, you got like, it. When I went back to work, I'm like, like I am the hardest bloke in the room. <laughs> and they're like, no, you're not, because like, Bobby's in, he's like 10 yeah. times bigger than you and he doesn't mince around like you. Yeah, like, but... but as he had loads of injections <laughs> up his arse while he was awake. I'm like, no. As he had a, a vasectomy. I'm like, the vasectomy is more painful in fairness. Yeah, I had one of those. I was, oh, did like, you? I had like horror stories for the runner. I made the mistake of telling people that I was stories. going to do it. And yeah, people like saying they sellotape your cock to your stomach and, you know, shaving and it going wrong. And one guy's uh, nutsack skin was too thick. So that's like saw through it with it, like this little thing. Ooh, and apparently really? it didn't work and he got his missus pregnant and he had to go back and do it again the second time. And they were like, oh, you've got exceptionally thick nut skin and he had to go for it again. It was horrific. So I had all of this in my mind. And then when I got there, there was just a lovely little old lady and this lovely doctor. And she was like, I don't know, doctor was like all quite all right, actually, because I was making, I try, tend to try and make people laugh who don't want to kind of laugh kind of thing. Nervous. And he was, yeah, he was all right. And did then, you get it done, man, did you? No, in South End. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, this little old lady, I don't know whether it was like her first day or not, but she was like stroking my hand and giving me a little cuddle. And I said, oh, yeah, I've had like a little shaving. I don't know whether that was the right thing to do. She was like, oh, yeah, it looks really lovely. Ooh. I was like, oh, thank Ooh, you. Yeah. Smart, <laughs> yeah. So I felt all like, all pleased with it. And you know what? Like, yeah, the injection bit when they first do it is a little bit sort of uncomfortable. Oh. And then... I was so worried about feeling something, and but they did explain that you will feel, you'll feel everything all around, but you won't feel the actual bit. And I was like, oh, I can definitely feel something. And he went right, and he went quiet. He went, feel that. I went, feel what? He went, I've literally just sandwiched your bollocks between a pair of pliers. <laughs> if you didn't feel that, then we're doing all right. I was like, all right, right, crack on. And I remember when he did one side, I, I thought that was the whole thing, and it was like, right, we've got to do the other side. But it was literally probably. I don't know, I wouldn't put a number on it because I wouldn't want to get anyone's hopes up, but it was minutes. It was not long at all. Yeah, no time at all. I I genuinely stood up and went, that was all right. I'm going to tell everyone to go and get one because it it ain't as bad as you you think. I found the injection was the worst because the injection seemed to be right in the stem of my cock. Yeah. And it went in and in and in. And and that was, I I found that more painful than my arm. Yeah, I noticed it more than sort of. Than I thought I would. But Did I tell you about my one? I uh, um, so I was waiting in like this was just in a doctor's surgery. My one, and uh, I was waiting in there with my missus who had to drive me, and uh, there's just me and some other kind of burly bloke sitting opposite, and then um, uh, and then someone had just gone in, and then for half an hour I heard a man. A guttural a man screaming no and he was in there for half an hour and it only takes five minutes doesn't it yeah it it was this guttural horrible scream and like me and the other guy looking at each other going oh bollocks yeah and uh 
And yeah, and then he came out and he was massive. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, man! If he like, like he's a, he's a proper man, and I'm I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm at least thirty percent girl. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this ain't gonna work. It's a shame it wasn't me. that bit of the yeah. girl. You wouldn't have to go and do yeah. this. They have a lot worse problems than we do. But I was I was saying uh, when I went in, I was like. Was that a guy all right? He was very sensitive. Wow. My God, he was. Jeez, yeah. that really was his noise that he made when he had... Yeah, yeah. Mate. No, he said, like, uh, even when they touched him, he was, like, screaming. Oh, he's probably just uncomfortable with, like, physical contacts, let alone, like, having stuff jabbed into him. The Asian fellas, they didn't hardly speak to me. It suited me perfectly. They were like, right, your eyes are going to war. Yeah, you're not wrong. Wow. Yeah. So, I, what, what occurred to me... And I was going to say earlier was that uh, when when you got some advice from Acast about what what we how we should be oh my doing God. things, so yeah. we have changed things a little bit from our initial ideas. Yeah, my, my well, not really, but like we're going to do it more often, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. So we're going to try and release one a week. Um, we don't know how feasible this is. Well, we'll soon find out if you're listening we could do it. for the second week. But yeah, we're just going to keep recording and just keep putting them out. And go from there. I think it's doable. The only thing they were concerned about was how kind of live we can make it. But I still think we could probably take phone calls, say tonight, and it'd still be relevant because it'd just be like having another person in the room. Yeah, I think so. And we can still take people's um, emails and, you know, Instagram posts and stuff like that. And we can talk about those and stuff like that, which I'm really excited about doing. That's something I definitely want to do. I want like people to be able to call it. Like we, we could say someone, we could go, right. We'll ring you at a certain time, yeah, and uh, you'll be on it yeah. there and then when we're recording it. I'm going to do the same with um, Instagram TV and YouTube Live and Facebook Live and stuff like that. Every so often, once we're set up and comfortable, ever pull the phone out, do a bit of live stuff. People can ask questions live in the room. Obviously, it'll be recorded as part of the podcast and come out within the next couple of weeks. I think yeah. it's going to be cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I really want to be at a point where people can like they can, uh, you know put something on Instagram, like they'll put a response to something and they might want to talk about their mental health or or something they're struggling with in life. Yeah. You know, or how they how being a man can be difficult sometimes. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, so then we'll talk about it. Yep. We'll talk about it here and we'll talk about our experiences yep. of it. I think one of the things ACAR said was about uh talk uh, letting people know a bit more about us. Yes, they did. Oh man, I forgot all about that. Jeez. Uh, so I, I was kind of, um, I mean, I think between us we've been through a whole handful of shit, and and I think that's kind of why we're doing it. So I think like mate, we've kind of you like you started talking about like heroin use and that kind of thing, mm, and I'm yeah. like, well, that's that's you know that's an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah. So I think in, in some way, shape, or form, we're kind of going to need to talk about ourselves a little bit. For a little while, which yeah, is cool. easy for me because I could talk all fucking. Day long. <laughs> yeah, you're really good at it. But uh, so uh, I don't know how you want to do it. Do you want to like? Should we give like a, a quick little monologue of who well, we are? Yeah, I mean, how? I mean, even like we could start with. Um, I mean, one place we should end up is how we met and the weekend that we had when we first met because that's pretty mad. Well, start with that then. Yes. Okay. So, we we have a friend in common, uh, Stuart Whiffin. Um, I don't call him that. I call him Roy or any other swear words. I've got loads of nicknames for him. 
But uh, he he's a podcaster and he's doing really really well. Amazingly and again, well. I, you know, at this point, I I feel the need to thank him for 100%. introducing me to podcasting because I went on on his one and I done about six with him, and uh, I I just loved it. Yeah. And then he was saying about when he met Alan McGee and Alan McGee was talking about the kind of the DIY ethos, like how punk rock and everything was, and that kind of struck a chord with me. And I'm mm. like, well. You can do it. I can do it. Yeah. And uh, actually, I, I've got stuff I want to talk about. So yeah. I'm like, fuck it, we'll do it. Mm. So we kind of met via Stuart. Yes. Um, And so we met, uh, Stuart got into this uh, wild swimming. Well, it's part of his midlife crisis mm. that he didn't want to go out and do 40 grand on a motor or whatever. Um, not that he would, but like, you know, the typical leather jacket, get a new haircut or have a new moustache kind of thing that most men seemingly want to do. Um, he wanted to swim in as many lakes and rivers in 48 hours as he could. In, oh, was that it? In Wales. Oh, it was in 40... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, that was the original plan. Um, so his cousin Dave has got an amazing um, four-wheel drive. And the plan was that they were going to go and do it together. And obviously, Stuart, being Stuart, wanted it to be on primetime BBC television uh, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. everyone well, to see. Yeah, if you don't, if you don't dream high, no, that's it. Happens. So um, I had a camera that I'd got for probably my holiday or whatever, and he went, "Do you want to come and film it?" So I was like, "Yeah, no worries." So I literally started. I'd been doing like bits and bobs, a little video bits and club promotion bits and stuff. Um, but yeah, we went off and filmed that, and it was uh, it was a mad, mad forty eight hours. I don't know how many we did in the end, like eight. Um, and we'd done a couple more, and like we've been to the Lake District and stuff. And I've enjoyed every one of them. I would do them all the time. It's hard, obviously, being away from family and that. But the the stuff, the personal stuff you overcome. I mean, we could do like a million episodes just on those them, them adventures it, alone. It, it is it is quite special. I I took the piss out of him. For probably the best part of a year. And then one day, I just thought, I'm fucking bored of everything. Mm. Uh, and I want to go and do something that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. So I just said, oh, can I come on your next one? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it was you, me, Stuart, and his cousin Dave, who lives about four doors he down does, from yeah, me. He does, yeah, he does. And um. I found it really amazing. It was a really life-affirming experience. Yeah. And I got a real buzz out of it. And afterwards, um, I, I felt different. Mm. But essentially, we just went and it was snowing. It was February. We went to Snowden. It was cold <laughs> as all hell. The, that's the worst thing is, Whiffin has always said, we'll go in the winter months because no one else goes. And I said, no one else goes because it's fucking freezing. It's dangerous. That is the coldest it's ever been. I remember having to break through ice. Yeah. Um, but I'd just had a baby, not me, my wife. And she, when before I come away, she was like, oh, don't die, please be careful. Because so I'd nearly, I'd, and that sounds like an exaggeration, I generally nearly died on... I'd say, yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah, we had a bit of a thing of, basically they wanted to swim across to this mountain and I'm not a very strong swimmer, so I filmed it. This, I'll paraphrase it, but I had the camera on my head and there's footage of me basically breaking down in the water and, yeah, crying and all sorts. And, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, do but it, it turns yeah. out, well, in my defence, it was 
uh, English England's deepest lake, and it was Scarfell Pike, one of the bigger. I don't know mountains. But we that, also but. have to acknowledge that, like Dave runs every day. Yeah, he's like he's ten or more years older than us, but yeah. like he is fit as hell and ten stone lighter. Yeah, and like he is like super fit. Mm. Stuart, like again, like he, he don't always look at it. He probably won't like me saying that, but. He is really fit. He is ridiculously fit. He runs every day. And I think around that time he was doing triathlons yeah. and and shit like that. And I literally did no training. The time I'd previously been swimming was probably IB for 98 before <laughs> then. That was about it. Um, so, yeah, like they, Dave was like, oh, it's only like two lengths of black shots. I was like, sorry, it'll be all right. And, uh, yeah, we got to the other side. And I was like, right, I'm going to walk over this mountain. I'm not swimming back because I'm... Capricorn, I'm a goat, I'll climb up this, you lot swim back. And they're like, no, 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 you get stuck up there, mountain rescue and all of that. I was like, don't care, I'm crying and everything. And I really was up for walking back. And the uh, guy that was with was like, oh, look, put these flippers on, it's easy like with this, idiot. So I put the flippers on, laid on my back, and then basically had Whiffin and Dave next to me, and we're sort of going back across this river, and uh, this lake, sorry. Got to the other side, I was just cuddling a rock for ages. You know, pulled out the Ordnance Survey map, and the mountain I was trying to climb over was like the highest peak in the country. And it's like, <laughs> it I think great. it was like a two-mile-wide lake we'd swum or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's something ridiculous. That. He'll tell you, I'm not, I'm trying not to exaggerate but he'll tell you the numbers but um yeah so my wife had all of that in mind when we went on our one so normally I'd have a lot more camera gear and a lot more I'd be involved in it a lot more but I was kind of like quite scared especially of the ice I was a lot more aware of my mortality it was it was like we when I went I I I I don't ever do any exercise I can't bear exercise (laughs) And I, uh, you know, that, and in fairness, that's like an issue I've got. Yeah, I need to sort myself out too, to be honest. But it's like, it's. I suppose it's, like, I feel really self-conscious when I'm doing exercise. Mm. So I just don't do it. And I never have. Um, so I was a bit fine of that, but we didn't actually do anything because the lakes were frozen. Yeah. Uh, so I remember like we were, we were at the side of, the, at the bottom of a mountain, there's a lake there on the other side of the road. We pulled in and we've, I've got like this, like a wetsuit that you wear if you go to Nuki. Yeah. You know, like it's not, <laughs> yeah. I didn't buy a proper decent you had wetsuit. You epic, I like a 10 um, pound, like face mask yeah, thing yeah, or like something. Like, what thing. we can do is we can dig out the photos and as we're talking about this, they, they'll flash up on yeah, people's yeah, phones. So I'm hoping I'll get that sorted by the time you're listening to this. And if we do, as we're talking about these things, you'll be able to see where we were. Have a look on your phone. You might even see a picture of Nick's beautiful face. It was, uh, so, so we like I'm naked on a road, putting yeah. on wetsuits, and it's like fucking hell. Right, I've got to do it now. And I, I, I weren't all that. I don't know. I weren't particularly scared. I don't know no. why. Um, but yeah, we we got in and we're like grabbing bits of ice and floating mm. on it. It was like a frozen lake. It was as yeah. cold as cold can be. Oh yeah. And I uh, and I remember when we got out, like got changed, warmed up, when we were in the in like the four by four. And there's, and my feet were hurting. Yeah. And I really genuinely was having this thought that I'm like, I might lose my feet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you are, yeah. cause, because no one else is there doing it. There's no, no one else. But that's about. how nuts it is. It's genuinely that scary. Yeah, it's, we're it's, laughing and joking. And everything. Like I mean, we're still safe. sensible. We're older in our older years kind of thing, but it wouldn't take much. And I think there were stories echoing around. I'm sure some geezers got stuck 
one of the times we went up a mountain, they got rescued, coptered, and had to cut a leg off or something like that. Don't know where that was when we went. I'm not too sure, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't take much of those little seeds to kind of bury themselves in your head like frostbite, and you think actually, yeah, my yeah, feet exactly. are a bit tingly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm. But. uh yeah, we well, we got back, didn't we? And we yeah. stayed in an awful place, but we got really. We went, when we got back, we got really, really trashed. And just had a right laugh. We got on a motorbike, laugh. didn't? I got a picture of you on a yeah, motorbike. Yeah, there was where we were parked. Uh, where we were staying, it was like a bunkhouse. That's we, right, we were yeah. literally just on in bunk beds in tiny little rooms, and um, yeah, there was like loads of bikers there, and so there's loads of these oh pucker harleys. Yeah, of course. And uh, so, yeah, when we were pissed and feeling brave, yeah. sitting on the harleys, yeah. and uh, we just got really trashed. I remember, like, I, I, I'm quite a seasoned drinker, and I know, like, Stuart is because we've both hung out all of our lives, yeah. really. And uh, so we were like hitting it hard. We went to this bar, and I'm like, right, rum, double rums, double rums, double rums. And like, uh, and I didn't. I I don't think like you and Dave were like kind of heavy no, drinkers. I cannot mix my drinks, and that's the most. And we I, we don't I normally love, drink that I mix much. It all up. I cannot do it. I can't. I'm a mess. So the next day, like Dave was, Dave was right mess the next day. Yeah. Didn't mean let on, but then at one point he was like, I can't do anymore. Yeah. Uh, and and then it weren't like like yeah, and you and Dave went and crashed, and then. Me and Stuart came in. Stuart's going off his head because I kept snoring. Yeah, like he's just telling me off. It's like an. It's funny, it. really. It's mad. Like, yeah, it was a bit nuts that one when I think about it. Like, but then sometimes things aren't always about what they are meant to be about. It was not necessarily about the swimming and everything else on that one. It was well, about no, exactly, just... exactly. It was just, it was just a really good experience. I do remember having such a laugh. I remember it being was... all sitting on the floor in that little bunkhouse thing. It weren't very big either, was it? And waking up next door and that. I, I, I jumped on you at one point. Oh my God, my leg come out of its thing. The, um, it dissipated. Oh, did it? Yeah. I dissipated you. Yeah, it come, don't you remember? I was crying. No. I didn't know you were crying. Yeah, I was really crying. really hurt me. And then from then on, it comes out all the time. Does it really? Yeah, it hasn't happened for a little while. But it, the next day, it was really bad. And then, um, yeah, because we were on the bunk and it literally spanned out. I don't remember Dave tried to put it back. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to put it back. And he was saying, right, we can go to hospital. I can put it back now. Really? Yeah, I yeah. didn't know any of that. Yeah, well, you were pretty out of it. I mean, I was trash. mate, we're jumping all over those bunk beds. Yeah. But then later on, it must have been a little while after... The company that I was working with, I was standing in the office, leant on the wall like that, and the other leg went dunk like that and just come out from underneath itself. Really? Yeah. You're quite fucking unlucky. Right? I, I'm not I'm massively unlucky. I used to have a friend who said I've got crunchy bones. Like, I don't, I have got like a few. Like, the last time I played football, someone kicked a ball at my finger and it broke, and that's broke there. This knuckle. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm quite unlucky, you know. I am unlucky. So the next day we went. Like all the snow had gone pretty much, and we went to another lake, and it was beautiful. It was really, really lovely. Yeah. And I remember getting in the lake and like just drinking the water, and it being lovely. Yeah. And uh, and then we had like a little fire going, and then we. Where was the fire? No, it was like a little kettle fire thing that day. Oh yeah, he takes his little yeah. That's really cool that thing. And then we went out again that night, and I think it was just me and Stuart got really pissed that night. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then we went back. Well, we had. We, I was within in a room. You were in another room, and then me and Stuart went back to our room, and we polished off the best part of a bottle of scotch. <laughs> yeah. 
We're like, fucking come on, we're away. We're out. Let's <laughs> in it hard. And like, I'm self-destructive like that. Yeah. Like, I think because I have been so much, I think by that stage, I had so much going on at home and that. I was just a broken man, I think. It's crazy. What I really needed was to swim in those lakes and rivers. That genuinely would have sorted me out. Probably would have. Because on previous ones, right it out. really does. It Literally, you feel like you are just connected to everything in nature. It's yeah, you really do. Yeah. You really do. Like looking up, especially when you see mountains and the clear sky or whatever. We did a night one once under the moon and stuff. It's, mate, it's incredible. And obviously, it's the effect of the cold water on your body and we nerve are fired up and everything else but you know you don't have, don't, have, don't have to be a big dramatic thing there's one in Ironsford in Kent which is near us it's literally over the bridge and it's just a little paddling thing it's about you know three foot deep and the kids get in and paddle and stuff like that Mate, it's amazing it's nice it's funny you say that uh, about you feel connected because uh, like I see a hypnotherapist um, now I, I see him once a month I, I did go through a phase of seeing him every week when I started, getting on to a year ago. Wow. So for about eight, nearly nine months, mm. I saw him every week. What does that involve? How do they, what do they like? Can they click their fingers and you do chicken noises? No, no, nothing like that. Uh, uh, I'm, no, no, not like that at all. Um, but it's kind of like a, what he does is you're there for the best part of two hours. Wow. And for the first hour, you're you're just talking, and he just gets the nub of what you're saying quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and he spent a lot of time with me explaining how the brain works, mm. uh, and and almost saying that's why you think like that. Yeah. Your brain does that, um, and that's why. That's why you do that, and that's why you think that way. Amazing, almost like an instruction manual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just kind of explains it, and it, it will, and he's really, really well read. So he'll be saying, um, "Oh, you know, so and so says this," and that's quite an interesting quote. Have you heard this one? And it's like, it's just giving you all these different ways to think about things, and then then you do about an hour of um, like hypnosis, but it's not. Basically, you, you lay down, he, the lights in the room go right down, he puts on like... Kenny G, please say Kenny G. No, it's not, but you know, it's uh, like kind of space age music, you know? Quality. But Like when you go in them crystal shops. Not so sympathy. Yeah, 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 like crystal shop music. Yeah. And then you, um, and the first time I went, it was, it was a really profound experience because... Uh, I was really desperate to sort myself out. I was off of work for nearly six months because I just had a breakdown wow essentially this was yeah. last summer and um so we had like an hour of, of talk and i'd been reading darren brown's darren brown book uh darren brown's book happiness you, we were talking which, about that because i got it for christmas i i really really recommend it and i don't think you necessarily need to read it all because it comes like later on it comes on to things like how to deal with anger how to do with specific things mm. and i only really got about halfway through um he, uh, that was kind of enough as much as I needed and like, I really bought into it it all made a lot of sense to me yeah I can't wait to read it and then he then what he was saying echoed a lot of the things that were being said in the book and I'm like well and I was so open minded I was desperate to be better mm. um, because it's like I've been doing fucking struggling for 30 years yeah uh, more than that and so when 
it was like that synchronicity idea, isn't it? When uh, one person says something and another person says something, you're like, well, there's got to be something in that. Yeah, collective consciousness. I so believe, th- I love that stuff. So it started making sense. Anyway, he then like goes, gets you into that relaxed position. Hmm. And uh, yeah, you're just laying there and it's just basically going, you know, you'll feel really, in a minute, you'll feel even more relaxed. And you, and you've got to be up for it, otherwise it don't work. You've yeah, got to be up for it. You've got to want it to work. Yeah. That's um, the same with all therapy, though, right? Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and basically, after about 10 minutes, I just felt like I'd sunk into the chair. I really did. I felt like I'd really fallen into it. I was pissing with sweat. Wow. I really was. I was absolutely sweating out. I had sweat running into my eyes. Yeah. And um, and I was really, really blown away by it. I'd never felt so relaxed in my life. Oh, and I, he was going, and this is how we should feel. You know, this is your natural state. This ain't anything clever. Oh, my God. It's like, this is your natural state. And you're like, oh. And then, so I got to a point when every week I was like, oh, I felt like I, that hour of hypnotherapy, I recharged. Basically, while you're under, um, he is telling your brain to stop being a prick. Yeah. Pretty much. And telling you that you can you can do this and you can do that and you can be better and you don't need to do that. You Positive don't need to do that. And, um, and that, that I'd ne- it's never been as good as that first time. No. Um, and Like maybe that's all you needed. Like yeah. Like a little jolt. But I found I, the, the going through it again was really, really helpful because mm. then you'd be like, uh, it's like, right, I've only got to cope. Keep, keep my shit together till I go next. Right, and then. then I'll have, then I'll go for that intense relaxation, and then I'll feel better. I felt stoned afterwards. I really did. Yeah, and um, so it could even be like the routine and the fact that you're allowing yourself to have two hours yeah, to look after yeah, yourself. Yeah, it's like probably like sixty. And that's what he says. The... He says you've got no distractions here. This is just you now. All you have to do, you can just all you've got to do now is relax. And it was like, oh. thing is, there's a working dad and stuff yeah. going on stuff like that it's invaluable it's like hard time. to relax when you've got two, yeah. two young kids time is my currency at the moment it's crazy but it was amazing it was a really really amazing experience and um, like I've never I think there's been moments when I've uh, I, I don't feel like I've ever particularly gone under like other people do and he said to me he was surprised that I took to it so well mm. and he's never said to me like oh you were under no. He's never said that, which I like. Yeah. Um, but he said, like, I'm because I'm on fucking loads of medication to stop me killing myself. Yeah. So that medication, he says, um, is a blocker. And I can see how it is because I can feel it. What, emotionally? Yeah. So it stops you being able to give yourself over completely. Wow. So it's like, I can't really I'd like, I don't really feel joy I don't really feel um I don't I don't particularly get upset uh like I can't cry I haven't been out, I've been on this solidly on medication for 11 years and um I've cried in all of that time twice one when my grandpa died no no yeah, once, and then another time was when I had a meltdown and I hid under my bed and cried for about an hour wow. and it felt amazing. Yeah. My wife did not know what was going on. No. Um, but it was because it just all got too much and it was soon after that, that I went off work for ages. Yeah. Um, 
But I've never felt like I've gone under completely. But I don't care because I get a lot out of it anyway. Yeah, Just totally. that, like that intense relaxation. Mm. I always come out of there feeling good. Yeah. And I always come out of there thinking, right, I'm going to try something. Mm. Like one day I came out of there and I went away. I came out, I got home, and I painted a big picture. Then I sold it for two hundred pounds. Wow, mate! And I've never it? sold a painting before. No, that's incredible. And it was like, and that was because of that. Yeah. So I think it's totally invaluable. Yeah. So uh, at like I'm going next week. I don't tend to go much more than like four weeks before I kind of go back again. Mm. I'm going to see if he'll come on in. That'd be incredible. And talk about what he does. That'd be so good. I'd love that. But he's recommended different books to me, mm. and um. Off the back of that, like say, like I, I, having that operation, the anxiety of doing it, like um, I found the other day on Monday, I was feeling really, really bad, and my wife had, she struggles sometimes, and so she had a book called uh, the Happiness Trap, I believe, and um. I find, like, if I pick up a book, if I'm feeling really down, like, once I've figured out that, hold on, I need to, like, I'm ill again now. Yeah. Uh, I'll pick up a book, right? And then I'll start reading it. And I started reading that, and I'm like... And I just had those epiphany moments. Mm. And then and then the next day I felt better. Yeah. Because like, oh, I'm working on it. I'm yeah. doing something about it. It's a constant... Um, it's a job, almost. Yeah. But no one has ever come along and said that it shouldn't be like that. It's our understanding from TV and EastEnders that, well, not EastEnders, but, you know, uh, our culture that everyone's all right who has got their house sorted out or because they've got their money sorted out and everything else. Yeah. Um, But most of those people, or everyone, everyone has to do something in in their normal working day that makes them think, oh, I feel all right now, or I feel better now I've done that. But I think what happens is people don't feel all right, but they feel like expressing the fact that they don't feel all right is like saying, I can't cope, I'm a shit person, yeah. I'm a rubbish human being, Like uh, I am not worthy. So what I'll do, I'll just pretend everything's all right. Mm-hmm. Ask anyone how they are, I'm all right. Yeah. yeah I'm good. How mad, like, how... Like hearing what you were saying about the hypnotherapy and stuff like that, I was sitting there thinking, oh God, like I'm well up for a bit of that. Like, and how scary it is how many people there are out there who don't even know that exists or would completely take the piss out of hypnotherapy or would think, oh, what, you, you sort yourself out, go and go to work or whatever, or yeah, you, you yeah, know, have a drink together, or, yeah, 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 go and get pissed. That's crazy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, go and play football. Yeah. And it's funny because I also I have uh, I I I'm in uh, I'm in uh, I was prescribed um, psychotherapy, mm. but in a group, and um, and you're saying about always working on it. That like I see uh, my mental health is very much like uh, very similar terms to an addiction. Like if you've got an addiction. You've always got an addiction. Yeah. You might not be drinking. You might not be taking drugs. 
but they say you're a recovering alcoholic. So you're all you're still an alcoholic. Yeah, when I give up smoking, I did it by drinking water, and I was literally doing like them two liter bottles, six, seven of them a day, to the point they thought I was going to drown my brain. You, know, you just have to really? be addicted to something else. Yeah, you know, I find the addiction. I, you know, I'm comfortable with oh, with drink at the moment, but purely because drink is on every street corner. You go on around someone else. Oh, do you want a drink? And that's you find like a level kind of comfortable area for your addiction where it's socially kind of acceptable that was me with the painkillers right painkillers it was like almost like i wasn't i was my wife knew i was taking a lot of painkillers and i could justify it because i had my ass hurt yeah but probably only 60 percent of the time my ass hurt Mm. the other percent of the time was i was squirreling away a little thing of my own yeah your own little thing to do Little having the packets, yeah. having something in your pocket, or having something yeah. to your hands to do, or having something that you go and do. Like, but I, like, that's, that's my that, that's self destruct. That's my I'm hugely self destructive, mm. and that is me being self destructive. And I'm almost like willing myself to have an addiction. Yeah. Um. But oh, where was I? So, so I often think of my mental health as. as you manage. You, I need to manage my mental health every day. Mm-hmm. I need to when I wake up. When I wake up, I hate getting up. I don't want to get up. Last thing I want to do is get out of bed. And the first thing I think is, I wish I was dead. Mm. And I've been saying that to myself since I was five. Wow. So it's just fucking ridiculous. But you know, it's just that uh, you know, instant. I give up. I give up. Throw it. I give up. Uh, and then once I'm up on a bow, I'm like, it's all right. You know, I, I can do this. I'll go and do that. It's all right. Um, not, you know, granted, not not nearly every day I feel that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so you're always working on it. So I go, so I have, I have a weekly psychotherapy group. And uh, I was dubious about it for a long time. It took me about six months to really, really dig it. Uh, and now I really, really like it. Um, but... It feels like everything I've seen of AA or NA. It feels exactly like it. It's like everyone, everyone in the room has had has had dreadful lives, pretty much. Mm. And uh, my life on paper is probably much, much better than the others. Mm. Um, the only thing I've got is that. Um, my kind of early diagnosis and early everything, like I, I tend to have, um, I tend to have got ill much quicker than nearly anyone else. I know, anyone else I've spoken to. Did it help you, like having kind of like Lego brick pigeonholes of like eight people sitting around you to kind of think to yourself, oh, that bit of what I do isn't as bad, or I'm yeah, not, or yeah. I'm better, or were yeah. there worse people? Like, yeah. did it give you a perspective in any so way? So it works on, yeah. So, so I'm so, guessing that's why they do it. Yeah, like AA. So you're like, well, they can do it, I can do it. Mm. Their story is worse than mine, so I can do it. Yeah. Um, or, fucking hell, I have that. Mm. I thought I was going mad. Yeah. But I'm not really going mad. I've got a mental health problem, but I'm not going mad. Yeah. You know, like I'm not. It, it, it's it's okay. Yeah. So yeah, we sit around and share war stories like that, uh, and then people will come in and talk about shit they're struggling with at the moment, mm. their lives. 
And often I find myself... Part of my degree was psychology, sociology, criminology, uh, and, um, you know, work around addiction, mental health, all these different things. Amazing. Um, So what that did was kind of... It's it's a double-edged sword because it means that... So when someone's talking... I'm going, oh, that's that theory. Mm. Oh, right. So that works like that and that and that and that. Right, I understand that. Yeah. And then I find myself going, saying to him, ah, so you're doing that. So I think that's that. Mm. And then I'll go, and this has happened to me loads of times. I'm kind of larging it. Well, not larging it. I'm trying to help other people by saying, right, I understand that. And my understanding of that is, you know, this is what happens then and you're doing that. And then I'll go, oh, fuck, I do that. And yeah. I hadn't even realised I'd do it. No. Now, that happened to me fairly recently. And I was saying to someone about, um, oh, it's more looking for acceptance of things and then realising, oh, shit, I fucking do that. And then yeah. I, I was going for it. I'm like, and you're doing that and doing that. I love I it do when, that. That, when it all comes together and you can literally, you think back and you think, oh, why isn't that person sort of speaking to me anymore? Or why is that person showing a particular interest in that or that? And when you think, oh, bloody hell, it's because I'm doing that. But no one has stood up and said, Nick, you're doing this or you're being yeah, like that. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people don't. No. People don't do that. No. And I understand why they don't. Yeah, of course. And there has been occasions when I've said to someone, oh, I think you're doing that and they really don't want to know. No. I love it when people tell me what to say and do and think because I don't have to try and uphold what I think their impression of me is. It, yeah, you get a, like a little holiday. It of, helps if someone says, oh, you're not, there's nothing wrong. You know, you're just, you're overcompensating or, yeah. uh, you know, you're doing something like that and it mm. helps if someone says, that's what you're doing. You're like, yeah. Oh, I never thought about it that way. No. So hypnotherapy, psychotherapy, I constantly have those moments and I'm like, I never thought of it that way. Amazing. I never did. And then I go away and I sometimes it, it will make me miserable for a week. But I go back the next week and go, oh, that made me feel miserable all fucking week. What, the like, act of it made you feel miserable yeah, or the sometimes. fact that you're back within a normal week and you're not feeling the way you did on the Monday or whenever? Yeah, you that. And... More often than not, it's like, oh, you just go, you come to a realisation and then you think, I never, I didn't realise it was that bad. Wow. I have a lot of moments like that. Mm. I didn't realise I was, uh, quite often I think I didn't realise I'm that ill. Yeah. And that's quite horrible. You think, I didn't realise that I was, that I'm so ill. It doesn't have to be as finite as no, realizing that, like, uh, like you say, it's an ongoing, like a daily occurrence. And to be lucky enough to have that realization, does that sometimes is that manifest as like a good thing, or do, do you find yourself when you have those realizations, you're like, does it spiral out the other way? And like, oh, I can know this, that, and then yeah, definitely. Like when I started. On my big journey, like last year of my big, like oh, I need to fucking sort my shit out because mm. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna be dead. Mm. Uh, I had lots of lots of those experiences. I've had therapy like throughout, on and off throughout most of my life, really. Mm. And like, quite often, um, 
it could be going brilliantly. And I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. Okay, we can, we can. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, and like, you get to the point, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm fucking really making it. And then, and then they'll say something and you'll be like, oh, fuck. Mm. I'm really, I'm, I didn't realise I was that, it was as bad as that. Wow. And then you go, but that's common with therapies. Yeah. Like you, Jim, you'll have a moment, like you have moments when it's when it makes you feel awful. I think it's the human brain will naturally look in a general direction anyway. And it might be that your process, or people in general are processing that little bit or something that they've gone to talk about or work through. And then all of a sudden this underlying thing will sort of raise its head. It's all part of that same kind of... Well, the human brain will, will pretty much always look for negatives. Mm. Even if you're going, even if you're a person who says, "I'm a positive thinker," and like you'll meet them, you know, you'll meet fucking annoying people who are like, "I'm a positive thinker." Yeah, they're not annoying people. They're annoying people to me because I'm not, mm. and because I'm jealous as shit. Yeah, it's you yeah. know, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, but um, I generally our brains have evolved. I was reading this the other day, but I have discuss this in depth before is that your brain generally will be your brain is always looking for negatives because your brain um is made to protect you it's mm. made to protect the species so it always will look for negatives to stop you falling into those negatives because we've evolved that way mm. um however in day-to-day life in our society you know, there's there's awful things that are going on in the world, but generally, especially for us in the Western world, there isn't actually. It, your brain doesn't need to do that. No, your brain does it too much, mm. and it should be protecting you. But actually, like that's really unhelpful. I think where it's been manipulated so much and so well by media and TV, the and media just else. makes it worse. Yeah, the media just makes um, highlights highlights what. You, what you aren't and what you haven't got yeah. and what you can't do and how you don't look like that. Normally for monetary gain. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I talk about this with my therapist all the time. Amazing. And like, we have a proper good back and forth. Mm. Get, like, I think the therapists get on really well with him. And uh, so we have a back and forth all the time. Plus he's in the fucking good music and that. Ah, oh, cool. So like, we, we chat about music and films a bit. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so our brains are instantly looking for negatives now, is that oh shit the timer really yeah mate that's gone really quick I know right that's the hour thanks for listening everyone Thank we're going to come much. back well we'll come back to something but next time we don't really come into this with agenda so let's see what happens next time see you next time bye bye Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.